Welcome back to the Batman Show. I'm Maz. I'm Mike. And we are here today with some cool news, or at least interesting news. Uh, it's cool and interesting. Uh, I think so, because A, involves Frank Miller. Always very cool. And interesting because it's about his third installment in the Dark Knight Returns uh, his series. Dark Knight Saga. Saga. If you will. Oh, okay. The third and final part, it was announced... Uh, Since we're turning the word around Saga these days, it's fine. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of sagas going on. Saga. So many rich stories to be told. And uh, they announced that the third Dark Knight book, uh, Frank Miller's going to be coming out with it, uh, is it later next? We should have probably looked up this before we started talking. Yeah, we should have. Here, let me, uh, let me look. Oh, fall. Late fall of uh, 2015. They're going to start putting out his new, uh, his final chapter of the Dark Knight saga. 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 Uh, Dark Knight 3, and it's called The Master Race. So, uh, two things. A, Frank Miller is a badass writer and has obviously done great things with Batman. I mean, he did Dark Knight Returns, and uh, he's done other year one books. Year one books as well. And uh, they've always been very interesting and different because Miller has a very distinctive writing style and art style when he does draw. The part two of this uh, conversation that has a lot of people going, uh, is A, the title, of the, of the book, because we don't know if it's actually referring to maybe Batman being the Master Race or something else, but when you say Master Race, you know, you immediately get Nazis in your brain. And it's a bit of a touchy subject, because, you know, when Miller wrote the original book in the 80s, you know, he kind of gave Batman his balls back, as a lot of people say. But it was a very refreshing, interesting take with Batman. And since then, Miller's been kind of the center of controversy with a lot of his latest books that have been rolling out as being very super right-wing, very just very political in a in almost sensational type of way. I wouldn't say that Frank Miller is necessarily a neocon, but he has identified himself as very conservative, mm -hmm. uh, very uh, Republican in his mm -hmm. views, kind of uh, stands apart from most people in the entertainment industry uh, for his politicized views. And obviously people have read a lot of his personal uh, beliefs into his work, which is a topic for uh, another post. Another yes, day. yes. Uh, but the fact is, by bringing Frank Miller back into the fold with a comic series that is set to be released in the end of this year, that'll run right up to pretty much the release of Batman vs. Superman, it's obvious that, again, they want to get back to the kind of the, the gritty realism, or lack of realism, therefore. But they want to get back to that gritty Frank Miller style of Batman and Superman. Yeah. Which is why they, they're putting this book out right before the movie. Because it's obviously, it's going to be an event. Something that they're going to market. Something that they want to bring a lot of eyes to both Batman and Superman. Right before the movie gets out. Right? I mean, yeah. that makes sense. No, no, no. It, I mean, it does. From a marketing standpoint, it makes sense. And plus, uh, the movie is already borrowing shades from The Dark Knight Returns. So, at that point, why not release a third part of the series? I mean, it seems like it's always been kind of a part of Miller's plan. Because the books always leave open-ended uh, endings. So, it a I mean everybody loves the Dark Knight Returns like it's a very good book and uh, the fact that the sh the movie itself is borrowing very heavily from it also shows the fact that they're really like going off of that really like hard nosed doesn't take any crap from anybody Batman like it's not 
it's not the uh, the Nolan verse Batman where he's flexible and learning and everything else. This Batman's very seasoned and has seen some things. Well, if it's also the third chapter in this Dark Knight saga, that means that Batman is practically eighty. Yeah, this he's dude is ancient at this once, point. And then you know the events of Dark Knight Strike Back have already happened as mm-hmm. well. So it's interesting just to see where he's going to go with it because Frank Miller always does something different with Batman. Well, you know, he likes to keep a lot of the essence of what is Batman as well. Yes. So, to me, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to come out. I didn't immediately go for the uh, the defensive or re- reflexive, like, sucking through air through teeth thing. But it's something that a lot of bloggers and a lot of fans or, criti- or critics even of the series have kind of been, like, a little edgy about. But, frankly, I'm interested in seeing what he's, frankly, I'm interested in what Frank's going to be doing with with the series. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, yeah, I think where there was a lot of apprehension on some people's uh, part, there was nothing but excitement because I'm like Frank Miller, is Frank <laughs> like that's all. I'm, exactly, really, that's all that matters to me. Is he's he's been one of the great Batman he, writers. He's given us a great Batman mm-hmm. story. He's working on it with Brian Azzarella. I think it was initially what I what I've heard, and I guess the the kind of the rumor is that he was supposed to be working on it with Snyder. Really, and Snyder's so busy with other stuff that. He, now he's doing it with Azarello. And I don't think he's drawing it either. No, 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 no. Somebody else is drawing it too, so... It'd be I, cool if, like, they brought back Mazzuccelli or... It'd be cool you know, if he did, like, like a segment of the comic, because I do, like, Miller's art style, the blocky, big chunks and people, like, how they move. It's really interesting. no idea what it were in store for, you know what no. I mean? There could be several issues. It could be a different illustrator every issue, although that doesn't really seem like Miller's style. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they could do any number of things. And I'm sure they're... Trying to do, again, like we said, anything they can do to market this book to a, a huge audience. That is waiting in anticipation for, for, uh, for the next film. Batman. Well, and now, too, the films and the comics go hand in hand because as Warner Brother owns both you know DC Prince label as well as the DC Films, all the comic books are pretty much a write-off at this point. They can do anything with the comic books. They can print out any kind of uh, you know stories that they like. To see what sells well and what doesn't. If it's all written off as research, then they do what they're doing with Batman and Superman, where they just pull the best parts of the best stories mm-hmm. and make them into movies. True. That's the news for now. In a moment, when we come back, we'll be talking about Batman Year One, both book and movie. True Bat fans know that Alfred Pennyworth is a well-read man who prefers his mystery and detective novels, but not many Bat fans know that in addition to his short fiction stories, Alfred kept a daily diary of his life. Here now, we share those pages of Alfred's life with you. Communication is key to Batman's mission. Like every skill Master Bruce has learned, he and I took much time to develop our own technique for maximum efficiency and security. Indeed, our early test trials for even the simplest two-way communications often lacked focus and caused a fair amount of consternation for Master Bruce. Master Bruce? Alfred, this isn't the best... I'm so sorry to bother you, sir, but I'm at Costco, and I was wondering if you wanted anything in particular. I'm in the middle of... Do, do they have that spicy Greek yogurt that I like? It's a docus, sir? Yeah, this... Scott... 
That one. I'll put it on my list. Thank you, Alfred. Now- Oh my! This tuna fish is exquisite. I am impulse buying this item. I think we can afford some indulgences. Getting tired yet, penguin? I heard the human head explodes after so much time upside down. Well then, I shall get the Sadakis and head home. Pardon my intrusion, sir. Alfred! Yes, sir? Get the dinner rolls that they make there too, please. Those are bomb. Welcome back to the Batman Show. I'm Mike. I'm Maz. Welcome. Thanks for joining us again on another audio adventure into the world of Batman. How you been, man? I've been well. It's been a bit, you know, and uh, yeah, it's been a little bit of a bit, but you know, things are well. Been busy working on uh, book two and, uh, you know, living life. How about yourself? Anything new? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing new. No. No. My, my, uh, my life is like Batman. I sleep all day and I just go out and I punch crime in the face at night there you go that's all i do so today we're going to be talking about a book and a movie and one in the same batman yes. year one batman year one a seminal batman story uh one might say the definitive origin of batman i'd say it's the most herein. i'd say it's the closest canon you're gonna get um especially since it came from frank miller yes who is one of the biggest uh tentpole writers for batman whenever he comes out to write it very, it's like a piece of work that sticks. It yes. doesn't really go away. Yes. So, uh, written in 1987 after his uh, Dark Knight mm -hmm. Returns book, uh, they came back and they gave him uh, again. Denny O'Neill, Denny O'Neill is the editor at DC, uh, saying they want to go back and redo a lot of the origins. However, Batman was one origin that they didn't want to touch because his origin is what makes him, and it's perfect. But they wanted to be able to retell the story again. Sell some more books. Yep. Uh, do a little bit differently. So they brought Frank Miller back to do basically what is the first year or so of uh, Bruce's slash Batman's career, if you will, mm -hmm. in Gotham. Mm -hmm. It introduces us to Bruce Wayne, Batman, Alfred, mm -hmm. Gordon. Selena Kyle. Selena Kyle's in it. And at the very end is the introduction of the Joker. Yes. Uh, it also establishes... Uh, a lot of important moments in the Batman mythos. And almost that has been aped in almost every Batman movie that you've ever seen. Every uh, Batman's parents being murdered mm -hmm. is in almost every movie and is almost uh, you know shot for shot. Yeah, beat for beat. Yeah, the same the same as the books. The and and the Miller one is the iconic. It has a great iconic cover, and you kind of always have that image in your head. Young Bruce tuxedo. Dead parents mm -hmm. on the ground. Uh, the beginning of uh, Batman with the bat flying through the, the glass. Windows. Yes. yes. The bat providing the inspiration for Bruce. I will become a bat. Mm -hmm. You know, a yes father, that kind of stuff. It establishes the, the Batman-Gordon uh, relationship. Because you get to see Gordon's kind of rise up through the ranks of the Gotham PD. Yes. And uh, as a transfer in and everything else, right? That that's the other that's that's the brilliance of the book too. Is that not only is it Batman's story, but it's also Gordon's story. 
it's told in two voices at the same time. Mm -hmm. In the book, they're both letter different, so you can tell when it's Bruce talking versus when it's Gordon talking. And this is and this is a technique that's even a today with a lot of modern comics when they do different color like tiles for the speech or something else when they're cutting between the different voices. Right. Now, in the year one animated feature, uh, which was released a few years ago, it's excellent if you haven't uh, picked it up yet. Mm -hmm. Definitely worth checking out, even though we admire it to different degrees. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love it. Uh -huh. I think it's great. Okay. You not so much. I... I have I have it, I have notes um, that could definitely I have some issues with it, but that's a conversation we can have later in the episode. Okay. Um, but I would say if you compare to look at the book and the movie side by side, I feel the movie is two things. It's 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 got problems with being almost a too literal of a translation from the book to the movie. And when I was watching the film, I felt it was just really overwrought i don't know like i didn't particularly like the casting of batman uh what's the actor's name from gotham jim gordon yeah i know it's jim gordon it's he's ben a mckenzie man yeah and he's a fine jim gordon and he's a good actor but he's but not you don't like him as bruce wayne i don't like him as bruce wayne he, he sounds way too dry he sounds like he just doesn't have it there Brian he's Cran very monotone yes. as batman yes. batman bruce wayne which he's mostly bruce wayne for the story yes and he is batman and I felt like he was just missing something in his performance when he was reading. It felt like he was reading. He wasn't... Like the intro when he's flying over Gotham and he's going like, you know, when he, he was re when the guy, when he was on screen reading, I was going, who is this? Why is he reading this? And it wasn't like, oh, it's Batman or, ooh, who is this character? It was, who is this? Like, it wasn't... It wasn't a... Uh, I'm very aware I'm yeah, watching a film exactly, right now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you are got, not sucking me into the story. And then you got Brian Cranston on the opposite end, who kills it, I think. Right. Because, well, because he kills everything. Well, I know, does. but he, he's, he's been voice acting for years. Right. Voice acting is a harder uh, thing to pull off because you're using your voice to communicate emotion and feeling. And not all actors can do it. Just because you can act doesn't mean you can voice act. It's a completely different set of tricks. And... Brian Cranston's been doing it for a long time, so he's really good at it. So I felt like, yes, A, he's perfect for, for Gordon. B, he did a really good job. But I felt like the direction of the film and the casting of, of what's his name again? Ben McKenzie. Sorry, Ben McKenzie as, uh, as, as, uh, as Bruce Wayne was something of just a of problems. Because I felt like the, the direction was very overdramatic at points, and then it just felt really weird it just felt weird the film and as i was watching it it didn't feel like again i felt i was very aware of watching a film of the comic and it was a very direct translation of that comic well here's the other thing about the film and it goes it's it's the difference between the film and the book is when you're reading the book there's a part of you obviously that is involved with it and you are actively imagining the parts that exactly. aren't there and when you're watching the film you're just watching it when you watch the film of the the animated adaptation of this book again you've seen most of these scenes in other batman movies this is true you've seen the murder before yes you've seen batman's first night out yes you've seen batman deciding become batman yes you've seen batman versus the swat team yes you've seen batman calling in all the other bats yes you've seen bruce in a high-speed pursuit as not batman yes you've seen Batman and Gordon on a rooftop. Yeah. 
You've seen uh, Batman seen, falling yeah. off of a building. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Because this book has been so iconic when it was written almost 30 years ago. I'd say almost 30 years. Almost 30 years ago. That all those movies since then have all taken such a part from it. That's that's what I'm saying is that it's already ingrained in you. Yeah. So when you're passively watching it in the movie, it doesn't have the same impact as when you're reading in the book. And that I will give you. But that's just the difference between a book and a movie, man. No, you no. can't hold that against the people that made it. No, 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 no. Well, here's the thing. I I know it's a different medium. I know it's, as an author, I know that my if anybody ever adapted my book into a film, it's not going to be the same thing. I'm making the total bastardized pop version of your novel for the screen. You I don't have care. No I idea. Paid. No, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm going to direct the most corporate tie-in. Like, it's going to be sponsored by Target, man. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. how wow. awful. That's how much I'm going to ruin your dream. My God. But... Uh, it's your friend ruining it. Right? It's so your it'll friend ruining like, Yeah, it'll be... You're like, hey, you know what? If somebody's gonna bastardize my child, at least it's my buddy. Yeah, and he's ruin. getting paid, we're getting paid. Yeah, we're all happy. We're all moving forward. It sucks, but... Yeah, I would I would never watch it. It's gotta be done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just gonna go straight and jump. I'm, I'm just... just, I'm just like, whatever. Put whatever you want. <laughs> okay. More characters? Sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, plot resolution? Whatever. We don't need to worry I, about But that. I got that hammer scene? Yeah, you either get if the I hammer If I get that scene. hammer scene, then that's my t- that's my scene to shot. Do, do I get some moments where I could be a little bit self-referential about the being in a film and how ridiculous it is? Yeah, sure. That, okay, I can add it. Yeah, fine. This scene really isn't about... It's really about the movie industry. Yes, it that's is. Totally so, uh, but uh, it it's just really, I felt like when you're watching a film and an adaptation of a, of, a, of a comic, like let's say, case in point, another Miller project with Sin City, um, to kind of talk talk about parallel here. When you're reading Sin City or reading a book, you have the pacing, it's slower and everything else. And you can go see the movie, Rod Rodriguez cuts really fast. And then when you're watching the film, it feels mistimed to me. It feels like it's way too fast and it'd be a little bit slower. And that was really my biggest beef. And also the fact that you cast um, Jessica Alba as a stripper when all the women are respecting the source material and acting as if it were the scenes from the actual book because they're going shot for shot. So what you're saying is you wanted to see Jessica Alba's chest. No, 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 no. I don't even care about that. It was mostly just the fact that you're taking the role of a stripper and you're not doing the actual stripping part. You're just grinding. She can dance. She can dance, but it's like... She just didn't. Yeah. She didn't do the. She didn't respect, like, the material as much as the other women in the the film did. And she's got fat figures. Does she? Sausage hands, man. I never noticed that. I like Carly Gugino and I like Jamie King better than I like Rosario and Rosario Dawson's in it too. Yeah, but she doesn't get naked. No, she but, just gets naked and everything else. But the thing is, in that in that comic, she didn't. Her character never really did get naked. But the point is, you're saying that it's not about you wanting to see these women naked. No, it isn't. But you're getting really caught up on the fact that she did not get naked. No, but I'm trying to make points as if the reason why she didn't get naked is because of her character in that book. She didn't get naked. They got naked a lot in 300. They did. Which is another Frank Miller. Yes, it is. So when you look at the movies that have been adapted from Frank's books, Sin City is obviously at the top. Because I've said it before and I'll say it again. Dark Knight is the best movie about a comic book character ever. Mm-hmm. Sin City is the best comic book movie, period. Mm-hmm. Because everything is shot for shot, panel oh, yeah. by panel, from the book. It's, it's completely loyal to the, to the source material. To its own merit exactly. and detriment. More detriment than merit, but yeah. Oh no, Sin City is amazing. Are you kidding me? I enjoy Sin, Sin City. Sin City 2, not so much. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first Sin City is brilliant. No, it's amazing to watch that movie. Because you're just sitting there going, you're blown away by the fact that A, it looks like the panels from the actual comic, and B, it's 
it's got some really awesome moments in it. But I watched that movie last night on cable, and I was just like, why isn't Cle- Clive Owen just the king of everything? He, he kind of faded out. He and, owns so much. No, he just decides not. He doesn't want to be James Bond. He doesn't feel like doing. But he's not really movies. a James Bond type guy, though. You must not have seen Croupier. I did see Croup. I did see Croupier. Yeah. Clive Owen in a tuxedo. Okay. All, all right, right. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Sin City, shop a shop, panel for panel, perfect remake. Mm-hmm. Three hundred draws a little bit more liberally from the story. Now, the other two that you got to look at is the animated feature of Year One. And the animated feature, Dark Knight Returns. That's true. They break the Dark Knight Returns into two parts. They really spent a lot of time with it. They cut the VO, they cut the voiceover completely from that one. Mm-hmm. Where they kept it in year one, they consciously kept two voiceovers. Yes. Two voiceover narrations. They cut it completely uh-huh. from Dark Knight Returns. Well, here's the thing. The Dark Knight Returns had a lot of action going on in scene that you didn't really need the voiceover to carry it. Well, in year one, there's a lot of scenes of Jim drinking coffee, Jim putting through reports, Bruce brooding. That, And it's not interesting to watch on its own because, A, it's not framed in an interesting light, and, B, it's, it's just not that interesting of a scene unless you're doing something crazy with it. But in the movie, it's very, it's very flat in my mind. So you need the VO because the VO makes it interesting when he's doing these things and transitioning. It's just, to me, The Dark Knight Returns... Uh, animated film was a, a good adaptation of the comic because it was doing something a little bit different because they're in a visual medium and audio medium. You can play around with that a lot more. Right. In the year one one, I felt like they were just being, like they put in all the VO from the comic into the into the movie, but it didn't play right. It felt off to me, out of sync. Well, again, the there's narration mm-hmm. and there's voiceover. This is true. Because when it's in a book, it's narration. When it's on a film, it's, it's voiceover. Yes. Voiceover only exists in films, and it serves to make year one feel more like a film. Mm-hmm. Because it's about two cops. Yeah. One with a badge. One with that one. One with a bat. Mm-hmm. And I like them that, telling their stories you know, themselves yeah. works. Mm-hmm. They cut it from Dark Knight Returns, <clears throat> and it seems really obvious until... You're just with the story along so much that you don't even realize that it's gone. Yeah. But, I don't know. To me, I like the voiceover in it. I prefer the cop, the version of Blade Runner yeah. with the voiceover on you, it. Okay. Because it's supposed to be, it's a detective story. It's a noir story. Mm-hmm. You can watch him detect, mm-hmm. or you can listen to him tell you that he's detecting. I know Harrison Ford doesn't like it, but whatever. I don't care. <laughs> the I- original version with him narrating... Works better for the movie, in, in in my mind. Okay. And it works better for year one than keeping... You and Frank are about are best friends. Okay. <laughs> I saw him. I never... I, did I tell you at that Blade Runner screening? No, you I didn't. I went to with yeah, Ridley no, no, Scott. No. Darbon was there. Really? And Hampton was there. And he said, declaratively, that when he wrote the screenplay, Rick Deckard is not an android. And Frank Darbon stood up and applauded. <laughs> like by himself like he was the only guy standing up like people were clapping because he was the only one standing up and clapping well here's the thing though like in the documentary he is wholeheartedly it, the film doesn't work unless he's a human absolutely that's that's Frank's take on it and then Ridley's take is he's an android built specifically for this mission and then even in the, the film there are nods and to and you're like that. shut up Ridley <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about I was like shut you see up. I'm a big fan of the non-VO because the first time I saw that movie, the imprint it left on me was the director's cut. Right. I didn't actually see the original theatrical cut. Right. So coming back into the original theatrical cut, 
it was a bit jarring for me to see that. And also, it just, I don't know, I like I liked movies that don't have heavy VO unless the VO is used for a specific reason. So the thing is with Blade Runner, that is a movie that obviously was recut multiple times and it plays different in each time. And the VO, while I feel wasn't necessary, at the same time, it does something for the film still. It's not useless. But you're right. So. In year one, if you don't have the VO, there's a lot of scenes of them just standing around looking at stuff. It's Jim... Going, should I, should I have an affair? I don't know. You should definitely have the affair. Yeah. I love how that character exists solely for that reason, and then they shipped her off for somewhere else. Well, you know that when that story came out, too, Miller got a ton of hate mail. Like really? Death threat level. Of Did how, how could you do this to Jim Gordon, and he would never cheat on his wife, and oh my so God. on and so forth. I was, but she comes back later on in Dark Knight Returns. Oh, yeah, that's true. She's she does. married to her. I forgot, yeah. She's married to Essen, and yeah. not... The His original, original wife. Yeah. So, interesting. I Jim's, Jim's had a lot of family problems. I forgot about that. But he's a cop, and cops exactly. notoriously well, do. I know, but we're brushing over how rough Jim Gordon's life has been. Dude, that guy That guy has seen... He, first off, he's a Green Beret. The, the ulcer. Yeah, and then he's got the ulcer. And then, and, oh, and then he works in Gotham, which at Gotham PD, oh God. Just forget about it. And he keeps doing his job so well, he's got nowhere to go but up. Like, they just keep making him in charge of more stuff, and he's... It's a lot of pressure to perform that. He's so... like, I'm just getting these reports, like, the way that I want them. Yeah. And now I'm in charge again. Yeah. Now, now I'm moving up. Yeah. I got new reports. So, it's... To me, I, I did not actually mind the affair. That wasn't something that really bothered me. It was... It was the way that it was in the film again. I'm talking about the film, not the book. The book I felt like was fine because, again, when you're reading, it's different than when you're watching because you're processing the information different. And also when you're reading, you have your internal voice and pacing that can make things last longer or go shorter or whatever. So the book's always going to read better for an audience rather than a movie because the movie is a person's interpretation of the material that you're then ingesting and going, I agree with that or I don't. Case in point, like the Blade Runner thing we just talked about. So I feel like... The adaptation of this book, the guy, the guy who was doing the interpretation was, I just wasn't really digging it. Like, it's, I could see the merits that you're pointing out. Like, the whole idea that it's more of a loyal source material piece. Which is fine, because again, like in the case of Sin City, it's great to see the scenes happening on screen. Like, Marv going nuts... Uh, beating the shit out of Elijah Wood. <laughs> that was awesome. I loved seeing Elijah Wood in his Charlie Brown sweater kicking the shit out of him. And then, it's just, to me, it just, I don't know, something just felt out of sync for me when I was watching it. So that's, but again, this is my own personal thing. I'm not going to say you shouldn't see the movie. You should definitely see year one. Because in my mind, I like the fact that, I liked how they introduced Selena Kyle. I like the little mini uh, featurette they did with her. Or was it short? It would be, it it'd be short, short, yeah. I liked that. I enjoyed those portions of her. Mostly because with, with the Selena Kyle bit, it was more focused on her anyway. And I think it was really the, the part that jarred me the most was the jumping. Because in Sin City, you have natural, natural segues between the stories. And this one, well, it's, it felt more natural to me. But I guess, again, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Sin City. I mean, not to say I'm a huge fan of, of Batman. But the point is, it's just with that particular book, it, it felt better. And this one, it felt a bit more jarring. And it just, again, the main actor being Bruce, who I cannot remember his name for the life of me. Ben. Ben. 
Mackenzie. Mackenzie. Okay. Sorry. The no, OC. it's fine. This the kid from the OC. <laughs> you just haven't watched Gotham that much. I, it's That's true. Thing. We uh, need to, you need to finish it up. I know. Up. I know. I do. Well, we have. I have to because we want to talk about it. We so. got to before before uh, it comes back. Okay. So the difference for me between uh, the book and the film, and the reason that I will lean towards the book as being, mm-hmm. you know, my favorite. Is the artwork by David Mazzuccelli? He does an is amazing best. job. Yes, and uh, like, the story's awesome. The dialogue's great too, uh, but those images of Mazzuccelli are beautiful. Yes, oh, the, yeah. a, each frame is perfect by itself, and it's something that it loses a little bit of the translation being animated. They went and, for more of an anime-y feel. Yes, they, they, and they've always gone for a heavy anime look mm-hmm. in the pictures. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. cool. I get it. You know no, what I'm saying? You've got to pick a style, and you'll never... <clears throat> excuse me. They'll never be able to completely mimic the visual style of every book every time. That's fine. Agreed. They've, ad- they've adapted their own, and they don't want to do anything they've done before. They don't want to make a look animated series. Mm-hmm. They want to do something else. That's fine. But filling in the gaps, making those people move... It's not. It's it's like watching the Mona Lisa talk. Agreed. It's not really the same thing, and it and it kind of takes you out of it. So, for me, I like the book better. But the movie plays really well, and for mm-hmm. people that uh, you know are unfamiliar with it, it's it's an excellent place to start. And you're not going to see a better Batman origin story than that. Agreed. Yeah, you're not. It's the purest form of it, and uh, it's not going to be summarized like in most of the films where you get. There's not a lot that they cut out. No, they don't condense a lot of stuff. No. They keep it. You know, to what it is. Uh, you know, they keep the story the way it is, and you know, it's not super long. It's like two. It's like ninety minutes. Yeah, it's it's minutes. worth it's worth the time it's to see. Regular feature length. Yeah. It's worth the time to see it. And again, I agree. I like the book a lot. It's 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 a book that I I enjoyed reading when I read it. Well, when I read it. Um, but yeah, again, it's just I had my beef with the film, but again, that's my beef with it. I wouldn't say don't ever see this film; it's not worth your time. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's definitely see the film because you should register your own opinion about it, and that's really my biggest thing with any movie. Really, right. even if you read a bad review of a film, let's say you should still see that film in one form or another because you need to have your own opinion about it. And really, you shouldn't write off of others' opinions and go, oh, "I'm not seeing it." Well, then, why? Because this guy said it, he didn't like it? Well, who's this guy? Like, it's not you. Go see it. Make your own opinion. Think a little and have to form an opinion yourself about facts or things you like or whatever. But the thing is, that's always my biggest, my biggest uh, point to make with anybody with arts or the news or anything else. Read, figure it out, and make it, make, form your own opinion about things. Don't just parrot like the news does constantly. So, anyway... Batman Year One is also unique because before there was the Batman Begins film, Mm -hmm. uh, Darren Aronofsky was uh, working on a script with Frank Miller to do a film adaptation, a live action version of Year One. That would have been intense. Obviously, it didn't get off the ground for whatever reason. You know, they only got so far in their test. I I don't think it was like Nick Cage Superman. They didn't have somebody in costume and everything like that. But... uh, it was eventually, you know, discarded and, and, you know, getting rid of. We're at a point now where they're going to end up doing year one as a movie sooner or later. Probably. It'll be an offshoot for sure. Well, probably five, ten years down the line, once there's no more Ben Affleck Batman mm-hmm. and they're on to a new Batman, 
There's not a better Batman story to do for a new Batman. As long as they don't cast Ben McKenzie. <laughs> hey, I remember. Hey, you remembered it this time. <laughs> no, because then he's only going to be Gordon. That's true. He'll he's be. Got old to, he's got to grow that mustache and start wearing glasses because he's just going to be Gordon all the time. <laughs> He'd be like, he can't be Batman. He's Commissioner Gordon, <laughs> Lieutenant Gordon. After the last episode of Captain the 10th season, Elect Gordon. They yeah, give him the, whatever. They give whatever him the, the mustache and shades, and he flies away. <laughs> no, he just puts he puts on the shades, and he's like. uh uh, I guess Joker found out the joke was on him, and it's all, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it, Year One is definitely a great book, and the, the the film is worth seeing. But overall, I think I, I do agree with the idea that it will be made into a film, because it can definitely be a more noir type style if you were to spin it, because the original artwork definitely lent toward that feel. The look of the book and the feel of the book, uh, there are not a lot of big set pieces. True. The action sequences are uh, minimal, mm-hmm. and in all in real life locations. This, yeah. This that it's brick buildings and year streets. one could have been shot in New York mm-hmm. or Toronto to be look like New York, um, and there's not a big villain. No, it's just mostly the trial, the trials and tribulations of of Bruce, and, and it's and it's Batman taking on the mob, like yeah. they did in the first Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that's that's like the easy, that's the cheapest film adaptation you can make. He's also in the very simple suit, very simple gray suit with a bat logo. Mm-hmm. I mean, this would be a this is a Batman movie. They would never do this, but this is a Batman movie you can make for. Thirty-five million dollars. Like this is your mid-range budget action movie that just happens to be a Batman movie. They'll never do that. They won't spend anything less than a hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, of on course. a Batman movie now. Batman's but flagship. This is the one that you could do practically mm-hmm. with, for not a lot of money. Like year one could be an awesome fan 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 made film. I think it's a very with a little bit of money. It's a very achievable indie film if they even wanted to go that route with it. But I doubt that DC would ever license it out. But I could see it being like an almost But eventually, like I'm saying, we'll level. get to that point where there's so many different versions and different universes and yeah. all that rolled in that you know what? They might just be like, "Hey, some they, this will be the chronicle of Batman movies." You know what I'm saying? They'll end the up Chronicle of Batman. Yeah, movies. they'll shoot it on a, on an iPhone <laughs> because it's so cheap. Well, the iPhone Six's camera is really nice. It's really nice, actually. It's got a great HD yeah. image on it. No, so it, I, I agree though that it could be a really interesting take on Batman without the big budget, without the big production, or it could even have the big budget and just use it in really smart ways. Okay, so then if you had to do, and if you were going to make Year One right now, if you're going into prep on it. Who would you cast as new young Bruce Wayne? That's not Ben McKenzie. <laughs> obviously. No, uh, uh, Alright. Uh, has to be young. It's gotta be a playboy. It's gotta be white. It's gotta be white. Uh, although, the kids like the multi-ethnic key people these days. You know, that's gonna be the new hotness soon. That is uh, and the thing about making James Bond black, so you know, maybe maybe we could change things up a bit. I don't know, who knows? But uh You wanna do young black Batman? Who would be young black Batman then right now? Young black Bruce Wayne. Who would you do? I don't think you know any black actors. No, I do. <laughs> Chill out. All my actors I know that are older though. They're like they're they're in their late thirties or early forties. No, don't worry. This is gold. I am not racist! <laughs> 
Actually, you know who would be really... Uh, he's already... Well, They're all in comic book movies now, so who yeah. do you got? Shit. I was going to say, the guy who played um, Falcon could be a really good Batman. Anthony Mackie? I don't know. He was really... If he's... He could dial it down a bit and be a little bit more sloth. Hurt Locker Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Be a great Batman. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's got a lot of the physicality of it. Yeah. But he's, uh, you know... He's a Falcon. Archangel? No, it's Falcon. Whatever. With the metal wings? Yeah, he's Falcon. Sure. This is actually kind of a sad topic in a way, because my uh, my coworker, she get, when she found out I was doing the Batman show, her kid, she did a superhero party for her kid, and she made custom keychains with all the black superheroes on it. You can fit them all on a custom keychain. You can fit them all on a custom key fob. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like going, that's sad, and the only black female was Storm. But who would you cast as, as black Batman, then? Who says Batman has to be black? Oh, you mother! <laughs> you baited me. That was your that was your deal that you wanted. Uh, no, I was just saying that the, that you could change you could change the ethnicity. I mean, if they're thinking about it with James Bond, I just mean, make it Michael B. Jordan, man. He can be all the white comic book characters <laughs> turned black guys. Now. Oh, is that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. First he was Johnny Storm. Now he's. Batman, then after that, he plays Superman, too. He can play, he can play all of them, man. Just, as long as we can get more people from The Wire in these movies, then... Yeah, I begin. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really stressing it. Who would you cast as Batman, then, just in general? Like, if you were going to do the year one, the okay. one you did in the comic, you're going to do a year one... Okay, we're going to get Zac Efron. I... I can actually see it. Maybe. Yeah. It'd be it'd be a movie that I'd be like I like Zac Efron. Besides that one where he was Matthew Perry, I. You know what? And and here's Zac the thing to all to all the nerds screaming like Oh my God, no! Zac Efron was in Firefly. Who cares? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. People who love I love Joss Whedon and I love that show. And I'm just saying that kid was in Firefly. So he was in that Orson Welles movie, man. She yeah right. He can't. I'm not saying he can't act. But I'm saying he's versatile. I'm saying he could probably probably even do a decent Batman. He can here. play basketball. He can sing and dance. Dude can do a lot of things. Yeah, he's he versatile. Be Batman too. Why not? Yeah, I mean, and he's he built like he's pretty ripped. Right? So yeah, like from to being me, a fucking kid. Yeah, exactly. And to me, I'm like, I can see that being a young Bruce Wayne who's trained for years. Tell me, Zac Efron would not be an excellent Bruce Wayne. He'd be a better Bruce. He'd be a he already Bruce lived Wayne the Bruce Wayne life. That's what I'm saying. So I can see Bat. I can definitely see Zac Efron as Batman Year One Bruce Wayne. I like it. I do too. Let's get his people on the phone. That's not, you know what? Uh, can we schedule that? Producer Amber, schedule that. Year One, the story itself is such a seminal story, such a classic Batman story that it doesn't matter whether you read the book or you watch the animated feature. As long as you are familiar with that story, that that's a story that is like we said, it's the best Batman origin story. And it's pretty, you know, it's pretty much taken as as canon almost at mm-hmm. this point. You're not going to get it's it's practically the book of Genesis. You yeah. know, it's the beginning of Batman. Uh, as far as him being Batman, mm-hmm. you're not going to get a, a better looking, more well told origin story for Batman than Batman Year One. This is true. So while we have our differences, we can both agree that the book Year One is an awesome book, and that the animated movie is definitely worth at least seeing. Yes. You're a big fan. I have my issues with it, but. We're friends. We're allowed to have differing issues about things that we like. And things that we don't like. Exactly. Hit us up on our uh, email. It's thebatfanshow at gmail.com. You can find us on the Twitter, at thebatfanshow. And you can find us on Tumblr, at thebatfanshow. I like the Tumblr. I'm trying to I'm trying to use it more, but I just find myself reading uh, the Washington Post. Yeah, yeah. Post. 
because they're great. There's some really, yeah, we follow some really good stuff on there. And uh, and frankly, when you follow us, you'll be able to find some funny content or interesting anecdotes about Batman. So, for the Batfan Show, I'm Maz. I'm Mike. And thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you guys soon. So long, Batfans.